0: I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, this is a super special um, interview and very last minute with amazing mountain bike and cyclocross world champion winner who's a local and a friend of mine, so Patricia Conant. So my name is Sylvie Daewoo from Daewoo Train Systems Coach Sylvie and also the founder of this uh, cycling interview series called Secrets from the Saddle just because of my pure curiosity about the cycling world that I've been part of for the last 20 years and it gives me amazing um, pleasure to be talking to this lady. So currently we're trying to, um, exercise social distancing, but we need to stay in the frame <laughs> and we're going to be talking, we're going to be talking about, and she's actually going to be sharing with us her, um, just journey in cycling, right? Cause, um, when I met you, not when I, I can't even remember when I met you, but we we're probably on mountain bikes back when I mountain biked, or maybe it was at the gym. It
1: might have been the OBC time trials. Oh on, yes, uh, okay, that's probably
0: and, it. So yeah, Tuesday and Thursday nights. That's possibly it, but I remember when we were in the gym and you just retired, and that's when life started.
1: Absolutely, my whole life started.
0: When All I right, was let's retired. just start. <laughs> I know, and it it's funny how so many people. That's when life starts. So start there, like just a little bit of your background. And you guys have to like she's just been on fire this year. I'm gonna share with you some (laughs) photos. Come on, I've been watching your social media. Like like seriously. And I'm I'm gonna say from uh you know as a female and also I'm gonna say as an older female like, you represent, and you're a huge mentor for a lot of ladies. Like, I'm just like, I wish I had the time to cycle cross, but I spend all my time, like, family in the summer. But I love watching people that I know hit the podium. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so, ta- <laughs> So I can't tell you. <laughs> yes, we're, trying, we're trying to keep our distance. I know, we're distance. trying to stay, Sorry. keep our distance. Anyway. So, tell us, um, okay, give us a, how did it all well, start? For you? when
1: I. When I was I was your typical teenager. Was not interested in sports. I was overweight. I was smoking cigarettes. I was chasing after boys. I was wearing makeup. I mean, sports were about the last thing on my mind. <laughs> but um, I started to get into it sort of seriously in my 20s. Okay. And my dad and my uncle were very into the you know the jogging craze that was happening at the <laughs> time. This would have been probably in the early
0: 70s. When I was born. And uh, so you know,
1: it's sort of sort of started with a little bit of running. I could run half a block, and I was limping home. And then swimming. My dad told me I was in disgusting shape if I couldn't swim twenty-two laps of the winter club pool, and I lasted what? about three laps.
0: Everybody and then, needs to start uh, then right? there was cross-country
1: skiing, and uh, we went down to the river and uh, Cinebon River in Winnipeg. and... I got my first lesson from my uncle, which was, you go like this. <laughs> and they took off like shots. It's like, I'll see you later. <laughs> yeah, and I struggled down the river. But anyway, uh, I decided that I really liked cross country skiing and I was going to work at this despite being so in such pain the next morning that I could barely get out of bed. So one thing led to the next, and uh, I tried to get myself into shape for cross country skiing by doing some running and doing the the swimming and the running got a little bit better and I was going to the ski race circuit with the um, cross-country ski association of Manitoba and um, I guess I've always been sort of goal driven i I find if I if if I've always been fairly competitive and I've always like having a goal like it gives you you know gives you some focus in your Mm -hmm. gives you some focus in your life and it gives you a challenge and so uh I worked away at my fitness and uh, so by the end of I guess it would have been the beginning of the 80s I actually found myself to be the Manitoba champion in cross country skiing and senior women wow, and I was also nice. the, uh, I was also the senior women's champion in biathlon which was unbelievable. Oh, a good shot. Of, this friend of mine begged <laughs> and pleaded, you know, you got to come up to Snow Lake and do the uh, do the biathlon provincial championships. I said, how can I do biathlon? I've never, I've never, I don't know how to shoot. I've never shot a rifle. So there <laughs> were, it's
0: okay, I'll teach you. There
1: were three, uh, three of us in the, uh, in the category. So we went up and we all learned how to shoot and half an hour later did my first biathlon race. And what?
0: Ended up. <laughs> Are you serious? Half an hour later? Okay, that doesn't exist yeah, in this it was world. pretty
1: funny. Yeah, well, it wouldn't happen. Or was that so it
0: was one, two, and three? Yeah. So it's just the three? you? Yeah, so wouldn't happen <laughs> now.
1: So I just want to make this brief because, you know, I can, I could tell my... There lots of things that I could tell. But anyway, by 1983, I decided that I wanted to take this biathlon sport a little more seriously because I was doing, you know, reasonably well at it, and I really liked it, and I wasn't quite ready to settle into it full-time job so I decided to take the plunge and move to Ottawa oh. and I was under the under the mentorship of my wonderful friend Lise Millash who taught me so oh, much about training okay. so you've been with her for that uh, long yeah a and she you know we trained together and uh, so I did biathlon oh. very, fairly seriously for the next five years and I uh, went to the World Championships in biathlon in 1988 in Chamonix France. And the biggest thing I learned from that experience was what it takes to compete at that level. Like oh, the, phys- yeah. the physical training is just, you know, you, you have to physically train for it. But it's just dealing. She's like, dealing, are you ready dealing, for this? Well, it's just dealing with the mental aspect of it. And, you know, you're, you, you arrive and you go, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> that. But, I that you look around you're like. Mm-hmm. But the uh, thing, you know. You, you just do what you can. I thought, you know what? No, nobody's expecting you to win here. Just do your best. And uh, I had three races there. The first one didn't go quite as well as I'd hoped because I just got too nervous and kind of fell apart mentally. But, I mean, not not terribly, but let's just say I could have done better with a little more focus. And then the second race, <laughs> did you race, regroup? I regrouped for the second race. I went and sat in a quiet place i did my yoga my deep nostril breathing and i pumped myself up i said you can do this you know the reason that the other girls on the team did really well is because they were they're doing they were there and they did it you can do it too and uh, you know things went way way better and then by the time i got to the relay i wasn't even supposed to race the relay but i was the anchor because miriam bedard was sick and this is the famous miriam bedard who went on to win you know two gold medals in the I think it was Lilyhammer Olympics, but anyway. Yeah, I'll take her spot. So I took her spot, and then uh, the two the two girls that went out first and second. I think Lee's Lee's either went out first or second leg. Anyway, they both shot clean, and I just I just said, you know what? Are you gonna
0: are
1: are are you gonna do this or are you gonna wreck it for your team? I said no, we're gonna do this. So I was very calm. Uh, I think Lee's had us in fifth place, so I took off and uh, only one girl passed me right at the beginning, skiing, and we managed to stay in sixth place. It was probably the biggest thrill of my life Wow! I think there were about 16 teams.
0: Nice.
1: So then uh, during, during biathlon training, I had taken up mountain biking, so when biathlon wound down at the end of the 80s, it was time to get a real job. So, uh, <laughs> okay, how old were you in the um, real job? Well, let me see. Can I do the math? Like I mean, yes. it was, I was probably uh, in my late thirties by this point. Oh, yeah. Um, I would think younger. So you were well, doing I, like professionals. 83 yeah yeah so I was in my late 30s and I started I started teaching in my early 40s but oh well I had a job I got a job with with the school board as a a lab technician and then I did that for a few years and that led into teaching Uh so anyway during all this time but you were uh, like a paid athlete like, oh, no, 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 no! I wasn't that. I wasn't, you know. I, oh, you're get like the real I, job. You mean? I, I meant the real job, like, <laughs> you know, reality of reality, getting a job I need a somewhere and <laughs> making some money, and uh, you know. But I, I, I took the biathlon as far as I could. I went to the North American Championships in 1987 and got a got a bronze medal, mm. and um, there was a there was a pre-World Cup race out in Camor that I actually got on a podium too, which is pretty exciting because this was, you know, I, I was this, like, this prairie girl. This was all new to me, and especially when I had started late, I didn't know. It, it, it's one of those cases of if I only knew then what I know now about training and nutrition and recovery, I, I mean, oh, yeah, but, you know, that was... That was just, you know, you learn it over the years. Yeah, so, yeah, um So I started working for the school board, and one of my colleagues, um, Eric Betteridge, um, said, you know, you've got to come out and try cyclocross. So I thought, well, after all this mountain biking, because I, I had mountain bike fairly serious for quite a while, and I went to the World Masters Championships out in Beaumont, which were, those were the most fun weekends ever. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so when i started cyclocross i thought well how hard can this be i mean you know after the brutality of the wednesday night camp fortunes night <laughs> races and uh, oh the sunset series yeah sunset series, yeah, yeah. And more fun times on wednesday nights oh yeah so um i went out to cyclocross and i was hooked I mean you know how hard can this be well after 20 minutes when I was sort of coughing up a lung and uh, <laughs> after all that biathlon know? training and mental
0: <laughs> mental training like you can do anything I like thought, seriously yeah.
1: so <laughs> I, just, I just continued I mean anybody that does cyclocross knows, knows that you kind of live vicariously from Sunday to Sunday because it's just so much fun oh, so when no. I started cyclocross there were only three women that turned up on a regular basis It was Jen Adams mm-hmm. and uh, Marcy Gerard and myself and sometimes Nancy Manning. Well, over the years, you know, three women turned into five women, turned into eight women, and then more races were added on. And now cyclocross.
0: Now the women have their own category. The women have, you know, that's good when Mm -hmm. the women have their own category now.
1: And a rough estimate, there might be seventy or eighty women that sign sign up for the series now, and uh, including all these little rockets from the OBC.
0: I, was, I know. I heard that they've got the kids too. And they're fast. Holy <laughs> moly! <laughs> <laughs> and they're quickly. <like>, boom! <laughs> they, keep,
1: they keep me moving. Oh, so geez. anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so retirement came in 2015, and as I say, that's when my world changed. I was like, yeah, retired. You know, I like, yeah, so you know, could go on <laughs> bike trips in the spring, and you know, we had time to go to races. Mm-hmm. More, Work just, just races that you, and more time to recover, oh, uh, you know, from the yeah. traveling. Because I yeah. find it's not the racing that it, it, it's a combination of the racing and the traveling and everything that can be quite exhausting.
0: Because you can you can drive for hours. Yes. So um, nice. when
1: uh, when I retired, I was able to um, start going to the Canadian Championships in cyclocross, which so okay. Happened. So
0: I hate to do this to you. Your retirement was when?
1: Uh, uh, ja- well,
0: January no, of two thousand fifteen. Like, yeah, I remember Can I ask your age? Well, no, when know. you retired.
1: When I retired, I was well. I was born in fifty
0: three. So oh stop! Come on, you know how old you were when you retired. Well, and I, I only I was asked about that 60, because
1: sixty one.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, and the only reason why I ask you is because so many women don't think that they can do stuff at that age like even at 50 like I'm almost 50 how do you like I'm one year from 50 and I hope that I'm like you at your age not but you're you're just living and that's what I like so many women need to see that it doesn't have to be in like psychocross it I, could be I, anything you right? know
1: i realize that not everybody's a competitor but the truth of it is i just really love to ride my bike it doesn't yeah. matter if yeah, I'm it doesn't on matter a gravel road or a mountain biking or cyclocross uh, i'm like that too i it's have just always like... loved to ride my bike even when i was a Win- in winnipeg just totally out of shape and on you know, oh, your to, banana seat? I to, well, you a I banana have a banana seat. seat. My first bike was one of those CCMs that you pedal backwards to... Uh, oh, to just stop? Oh, yeah. But um, I used to, you know, I, I went through a series of, you know, 10 speeds. <laughs> and I used to ride endless loops around the Cinewine Park bike trails. And uh, oh. so I, I, I think that the secret to all this is, you know, I just... Really like to ride my bike, and I you know, I realize not everybody's a competitor, but I, I just love the competition. I love going away to the races, and mm-hmm. I, I love all the people that you meet. And uh, I think it's I like, like getting those competitive juices all fired up. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: you know I think that you you don't have to be a competitor, but I think just that feeling of being with a bunch of people and just going out there and having fun is half. Race. I mean, everybody has an idea of what their goal is going to be for their race, whether it's Mm -hmm. like finishing, you know, that's a lot of people's goal, and finishing in a certain amount of times Mm -hmm. and then finishing in a certain amount of places. But, you know, it's just like going out and doing the best and, you know, getting better every time.
1: Well, that's what I always try to do. Mm -hmm. And the first, well, I guess I've done cyclocross now in the probably for about 20 years. And, you know, for the first for the first while, I just did it for fun. I mean, there were only three or four of us, and it was fun, and I didn't like, take it all that seriously, but then as I got more competitive, I thought, oh my gosh, I better up my game here. So like, started, I'm secretly going to so, up my
0: game, and I'm not going to come fourth So anymore. I started to, uh, you
1: secretly know. Secretly train. Started training on more <laughs> skills, training on, I've, I've. I've I've trained with the Peak Center since about uh, 2000 or so, so that gave me sort of a, that that sort of gave me a guideline every week and every month to go by because I just, I realized that trying to make your own training program was getting me nowhere. Yeah. You know, I bought Joe Friel's training Bible and (laughs) tried
0: to weigh I have his said, you know what? It's worth paying somebody Can't to tell you it. what to do. i got to
1: pay somebody. I need to see every day what I need to do. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I trained at the Peak Center since about 2000. So that gave me, you know, sort of, there, there's a certain sort of confidence you get from following a program and having, having some consultation and, you mm-hmm. know, getting some feedback and, you know, rather than just try to go out there mm-hmm. and do it on your own and not really know what you're doing. And uh, you hey, know,
0: stop wasting time. Yeah, just pay the money for the season. So, so
1: as cyclocross progressed and things were getting faster and fear, more furious, more and people, more competitive, and more people out there. I I, I thought, okay, well, I can. I, I'm gonna just really, you know, focus a little more here because you know, the women now had their own race and everything. So I'm um, just back to where I guess it was. Um, it was. The fall of 2015, I believe, without jotting all this down, I think it was. Yeah. It, yeah after you retired. Was, after I retired, yeah. I, I went to Winnipeg to do the uh, cross, uh, the Canadian Cyclocross Championships, and that was amazing because it's so nice mm. to go to your home city. Oh, You know, yeah. I, I, I mean, I. you like i i was born and brought up in Winnipeg, so I mean, it was just you, there's a certain comfort in going to some place where mm-hmm. you're familiar with. Yeah. So, and it was at the Forks, and till this day, I still think that's one of the, one of the best, I mean, every cyclocross course has its characteristics and things that you really like, but that course in Winnipeg was just amazing at the Forks there. And uh, the, the age category was just women over 30, that was the only category I could go in. So, you know, my <laughs> goal usually in that category is, if, okay, if I can finish in the middle of this pack, that's a good result. And that's exactly where I finished. I think there were 33 women, and I came 16th or something. Really? I thought, you know what? That's that's a okay. perfectly decent result. I did okay. It was uh, it was all right. And then um, I believe it was uh, at one of the races, uh, my wonderful friend Vicky Thomas and Mark and I are going to Belgium oh, you went for to the Belgium World Championship? Championships, and that was happening in about three weeks. And I said, you know what? i should go And think you said yeah you should so i made some last uh, last minute um last minute arrangements and off i went and uh again it was one of those oh my god moments like i didn't know that was.
0: would be a bigger oh my god i knew moment. nothing
1: about wheels and tires and tire pressure i mean i thought as long as you had wheels and if you had wheels and tires on your bike <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was moving, don't pretend you don't you know, know. I was
1: like oh well
0: but I, I just brought this <laughs> i found
1: out very quickly that wheels and tires and tire um, pressure are no, absolutely huge. critical i mean it's like what ski waxing is to skis you know you can't people that say well you know ski waxing it doesn't it doesn't matter what you put in your skis well it makes a huge difference uh-huh. so that was uh that was a really really fun um that was a really uh fun event i learned a ton uh there was i, I went about two days earlier I, you know smart. In, in retrospect i should have gone about a week
0: earlier but you know <laughs> you, you
1: learn about that whole <laughs> well it was you know after and, all three uh,
0: weeks and like. so
1: yeah so anyway i uh, i went and the category at that point was 60 to 64 and i came third and I thought, oh. you know what, I. Well, there were only three of us. But, yeah. Hey. Okay, we
0: don't have to say no, that. No. Third Actually, is awesome. There were awesome. a hundred
1: women there. But, <laughs> you know, I realized then that, you know what, third's okay for my first shot at this, but I'd like to be a little higher on this podium. I don't like being on the sides here. So. <laughs> Did you um, go back the next year? I went back the next year, uh, took. The irony of the next year was I put I took three sets of wheels, I had I had two sets of tubulars and some clinchers and training wheels and everything. Well, middle of the most important race of the the most important <laughs> the most important race of the year and I got a flat. I couldn't oh. believe it. I went the whole season without a bauble. But anyway things happen.
0: So and, were you able to switch up your tire? Uh, no way. Actually, at this point, not where you were. <laughs> um,
1: my uh, Tim O'Connor and uh, Ravi O were in the pit, and uh, so I got a I got a spare bike. But you know, oh. at that point, I You're like I only had to run like you know I only had to ride maybe a few hundred meters to the finish line. But that's Are okay. you
0: serious?
1: Yeah, you learn. So oh. anyway, I got a silver that time, then I went back the next year, got oh, another boo. silver. got a
0: flat and got a silver.
1: Yeah, Stop. and then uh, <laughs> then the next year, I hope I'm not boring everybody. Okay, well, but, how's uh, this? Five so years year, you went in a row?
0: Four years I went. Four years in a row, okay. So
1: this year, cyclocross season was going relatively well. I had a Canadian championship. I had a Pan Am championship. I had a world champion, master's in mountain bike which they didn't honour at the time, but it's a long story, which I'm not going to go into now. But I got my rainbow jersey and my gold medal in November from a race that was in August. But hey, better late than never. <laughs> Did you
0: get the picture? Yeah, I got picture. It's this, all that yeah, counts. Yeah. The picture. And,
1: uh, anyway um
0: well that's outstanding so we can oh we can gosh. only
1: make speculation of why the older ladies ca- category was totally ignored but we're not going to go into that it's okay
0: are we we're gonna have to like it's
1: over and done with it got rectified we had to, <laughs> we had to fight for our rights but we got there <laughs> so, we gonna
0: have to vent over that so
1: later? i'm <laughs> thinking it's about october and i'm thinking um, so, is this this I wore, year? This is, okay. this is uh, fall of 2019. And I thought, okay, uh, am I going to go back to Belgium? And I had all these excuses. Yeah, I'm going to go back to Belgium and I'll travel around and I'll eat some chocolate and eat some Fritz and I'll come second again and the French lady is going to beat me. And then I thought to that myself, me. you know what? <laughs> With an attitude like that, you're getting nowhere. Yeah, no, So, that's I said, gonna... you know what? I'm going to Belgium this year, and I'm going to be on the top of that podium. I'm tired of being on the side. I had a oh. bronze and two silvers, so I just made up my mind that I was going to win this thing. It didn't I was going to win it. So I just totally made up my mind that I was not going there to lose again because second or third one. I love game, this. This is it. mindset,
0: guys. Oh, yeah. This I, is total just... mindset and then getting so, to work.
1: So I... Uh, I, I just took a deep breath and i go okay you're the only person that can ride your bike around that course and do this nobody else can do it for you, That's you know, the right. best coach in the world That's you right. can, you know Sven, niece can be there cheering on the sidelines <laughs> you're still <laughs> not gonna so um i got to belgium about 10 days ahead of time <laughs> and i was starting <laughs> to really like the idea that i was going to be on the top of this podium so i made a plan of how i was going to do this and uh you know, I, I sort of had a routine at this point. In the first couple of days, I just ride around the awesome network so did they in Belgium.
0: Have the, they didn't have the course set. up? The right
1: course, I, I I went to the course three days in advance. So prior oh, okay. to that, to get over jet lag and everything, I just like Belgium has an amazing bike path system. Yeah, and you know, just got myself all ment- mentally prepared, and I went over to the uh, I went over to the course on the Tuesday. This would have been the end of November. Uh, I forget the exact date, but the the the, the uh, race was going to be, I believe it was Friday, November thirtieth. So I went over there four days ahead of time. It's in Mole, Belgium, and uh, of course I was making all these excuses before. You know, I hate the course. It's too much <laughs> sand, and I'm gonna just you know I don't like this. And then I thought, you know, instead what?
0: of strategizing, yeah. So what you am have to do?
1: you have to un. Yeah, I go. You know what? I love this course. I'm gonna learn how to ride the sand or run the sand or whatever I need to do. So I just went over there on the Tuesday. I went went. Uh, this is three days before, and I went over that course, memorizing every single grain of sand on it, figuring mm-hmm. out how I was going to do this. And um, the the strategy I used the year before didn't work. I was going to different last, course. though. Well, it was basically the same they've made a few changes but the sand hadn't disappeared oh okay (laughs) it's like the sahara desert there it's a beautiful location on a little lake but there's lots
0: of sand or is it just like a sand pit tons
1: of sand lots of beaches and uh right right yeah there's let's just say more sand than you would ever it's not just sand pits no long tracks of sand oh and the year before i was gonna wrestle this sand to the ground i was (laughs) gonna ride through all that sand and i just learned very quickly it's just not a good strategy because you just waste too much energy it's too hard i mean this is this is very deep, th- deep granular fine oh, sand. Yeah, you're lovely to clean your bike afterwards, <laughs> cleaning all this <laughs> sand out of your drivetrain and everything. Like, so I, I just, you know, I went over on Tuesday and I go, okay, you're going to learn to like this course. You're going to figure out how you're going to do this. And I timed certain sections. There were certain sections I rode, and then when I when I uh, ran them, they were like 20 and 30 seconds faster. So I thought, well, what on earth were you doing before? So I just figured out exactly every section what I was going to do, and running through those thick sand sections was definitely faster than trying to uh, right. to ride through it. And it was also it gave the course some you had some sort of uh, it had some flow to it. So. For instance, when you came off a bike trail and you saw a long section of beach, you could get off your bike on on the pavement and then run, you know, shoulder the bike and run, and then hop back on when you could, and it just gave it more flow than if you sort of hit the sand, struggled through it, get fell off, off bike. Yeah, yeah. struggled away to get going again. So. Um, yeah, so I just for 3 days before I just practiced and Were I was you tired very calm. For the race? No, not at good, all because good. I did, you know I, yo- I did yoga, I meditated, I listened to my music playlists. See, and, um,
0: meditation everybody. I think that's so key for a lot of i medica- just like meant like quiet yeah, time.
1: For sure because I had a podcast from this wonderful girl at uh, Vray, at very nature yoga. She sent me a, a little podcast. It's about 12-minute meditation. I listened to oh, it, love it a few it. times. And uh, so when I got up in the morning, I just felt like a million bucks. Is that
0: on Spotify? Because I'll share
1: it. Uh, I'm not sure. But, you know, okay. I'd have to find out. So anyway, Friday morning came, got up, felt like a million bucks. I was in very calm. It was a beautiful day. I said, okay, you're going to do this. So Were you by yourself? Yes, I, I go so, by myself.
0: Yeah, I know, but, like, were there other Rendell no, teammates at this I, one?
1: No, Rob was there, but he, he was sort of staying in a different spot, and he was with some guys, so, you know, oh, okay, basically, oh, but he, I mean, okay. I'm fine. You know, no, I mean, just... but,
0: like, for race day, like, there's other like they were there racing as well
1: oh yeah well i'm not sure when i think it was later on in the day but anyway but that was basically by myself which is fine mm -hmm. you know i like being by myself too you know the the only thing when i'm by myself that i miss is the support with the bike because i'm i'm not bad i can put my own bike together i can adjust brakes but if it came to something kind of serious like more serious repairs so um the first thing i did was find the local (laughs) <laughs> the local bike shop and I had the guy go over my bike after you before. put it together so, yeah. yeah well I wrote I knew it was okay but it was the day before the race you just went and you know yeah. so anyway race day came and uh, you know the race started and uh, I was just very calm and um, you know it was pretty relaxed the first lap went really really well did I you went, see the mm-hmm. other girls I, I wasn't I was just focusing on what I was doing I wasn't you know trying not to look around And you know obviously you have to be aware of what's around you because sometimes The other thing I do when I when I was looking at the course you memorize different lines Because Mm -hmm. sometimes the line you want is taken or somebody falls or you know, whatever.
0: Right, right
1: Uh, So anyway, uh, the first lap went really really well And then the second lap came and I saw Christine the French lady was right in front of me and she's beaten me three years in a row And I just (laughs) looked at her. She was maybe about five or six meters ahead and I said, sorry, honey, you're not beating me this year. This is not your year. Just not happening. Too bad. So sad. Did you pass her? So I passed her, but she's pretty tough. So So you got two tough ladies going at it. We were duking it out halfway through the uh, uh, second lap and then uh, I got ahead of her in a section of sand that I rode and she was running. And then uh, I realized I got by her, and I just said, "You know what? Just stay calm. Yeah, don't, don't get too excited. Just stay calm <laughs> and pedal like you've got a grizzly bear behind you or something." Yeah. So um, just near the end of the second lap, disaster hit. I, no. I, I got to an innocuous piece of sand. My front wheel got caught in it. <gasps> it was just, it was just this rut and I did a face plant in the sand Oh no! and I thought what the heck so I was I I thought for sure she was going to pass me but I just picked the bike up and got going as fast as possible and I'd scrape my nose and I had sand coming out of everywhere so um I got myself going and uh she hadn't passed me so (laughs) I got (laughs) I started in the third lap and my bike was just making a terrible sort of clanging noise it turned out I'd broken some spokes but it didn't seem to be affecting the bike any. So I said, look at the bike. Oh, they're like. <gasps> the bike doesn't sound very good, but just.
0: Not, paddle. It's like it still rolls. It's,
1: it's still rolling, so just don't bother to stop and see what the problem is. It's still moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? no, totally. So. Uh, <laughs> And she hadn't passed me, I just couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. So, is just
0: three laps? It
1: was just a three lap race, and it was pretty intense.
0: Wow. So, yeah. how long is each lap? Oh, well, uh, how long is the well, lap? Well, I
1: finished in, uh, I think my time was 34 minutes, so we're probably talking about a little, I think it was a little less than a 3K loop. Okay, 2.9, okay. something like that. So, did you
0: find out what happened to her? I don't know.
1: She finished four second, 40 seconds behind me. And uh, I just, you know, I was in such, I thought, well, she had to have passed me. Maybe I took a wrong turn. Yeah, I I know that feeling like, did I I miss something? Maybe I'm going to be disqualified. I had to run and check the results. I just couldn't believe it. So anyway, when the awards came, I still was in a state of shock because there was no (laughs) feeling in the world, like being on the second first step of the podium, hearing, oh, Canada, I thought I was going to just pass out right then and there. (laughs) because you know at, at this age like I, I was in the master women's category 65 to 69 i mean you know you're not going to the olympics you're not you're you're not going to be competing with Katie Compton and Sana Kant and all those you know fast young dutch girls in the world championships but this is this is a competition no, for seriously. masters athletes where you can you know do what you can do so um, I was extremely happy,
0: <laughs> so would you say, Patty, that you know for someone like myself who's moving into the fifties in that age category, that should I like maybe pick up my game? And, oh yeah, and I mean or it's never too late I know. I mean, you
1: know I mean the the uh just for example the like i I love this like I feel the best. That I've ever felt in my life um, the, the other major thing that I've done is changed my nutrition over the years oh and I you have, have to I went vegan two years ago and that was another game-changer I just never felt better in my life and you know it, it was just an experiment my niece and, and her husband were vegans and I thought well you know maybe I'm gonna try this out and Why not? I, I, I just felt so much better
0: I know, I and switched mine up too. doesn't like, work
1: for everybody, but I, I think that's another thing. You have to be not afraid to try things, you know? If you yeah. try certain dietary regimes and they don't work or, you know, whatever. But, um, you know, that was really important. Mm-hmm. But it's just never too late. I, I can, you know... I like
0: that. I, I, I love can't, that. I mean, I,
1: I can't expect to go to the... You know, Eastern Ontario cross series and beat Jody Wendland or you know the speed there. Try. But I can, I can.
0: <laughs> well, you my own. and but improve the thing every is race. that you go there and you do your best and like, like your goal could be just to keep an eye on her. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> and your visual. Yeah. Front. Now,
1: <laughs> in this, in the winter. So well, anyway, I came home from Belgium just. Top of the world! I sort of crashed and burned for three weeks. I just really didn't do much. I used Why? Because I was just like I know. I think I remember you know, seeing. That. I was like, you're oh, sort wait, of in, holy of Look at all these podiums. The like, end of, end of the season, on? and you come home, and you're just on such a high, and then you know you just yeah, sort of see the, your friends. Uh, it's and, the uh, so I was just so happy. I mean, it was just like a dream season. I had a Canadian jersey, a Pan Am jersey, as I said before, and I had two world championships. Like, I mean, I just thought. Wow. I I just, I still can't believe it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I wish you brought your hardware. Maybe you have to send me a picture with you with all your stuff so I can put it in um, when I upload this.
1: So, in the winter, I love competing in winter events. I still love cross-country skiing, and that's sort of my winter stuff. I put the bike away. I'm not a trainer person. I, I go on the trainer occasionally, but in the winter, I like to be outside. doesn't matter how cold it is. I mean, mm-hmm. I came from Winnipeg. It can go down to minus like 80. whatever. And, you know, have, and people say, oh, it's too cold. They go, like, go stand on Portage and Main for a few minutes in the middle of January. They don't know what cold is. But... Um, I did the 50K classic lop at which I usually do, and I love that race. And, you know, skiing is just sort of my secondary sport, and I always do reasonably well at it. And when I looked at the results, Surprise. the woman that won beat me by over an hour and a half. I oh. looked and I just went,
0: <laughs> What the
1: hell I mean,
0: is she on? This
1: rocket woman? I mean, like, did she? Take a shortcut through the woods. Okay,
0: so where did you finish?
1: Well, I was second in my age category. But the whole point is this woman, 67 years old, comes from Vernon, B.C.,
0: Um. absolutely
1: amazing skier. She came third overall in the whole race for the women. And uh, I went to meet her because I went went to see Louise Poirier because I was just like, do you know this lady? This is just (laughs) unbelievable how fast this lady is and uh so um louise took me to to introduce me to her and she and her husband they you know that's they ski all the time they ski up in vernon and they do the i I think they do the local sort of they do american Mm burkebiner and she was also the world masters champion in cross-country skiing for the 15k classic so you know, I'm not being competitive at all, I'm looking at the results, going, holy, holy, <laughs> is this woman fast? <laughs> like... So she was, uh, she she won the 15k classic, and the World Masters in cross country skiing were in Norway last year, and she beat the next woman by three minutes. She beat all the Swedes, all the Norwegians. She, I mean, I, I wow, just, really? Yeah. So I thought, okay. So the point that I'm it. making is, she's 67. She's a year older than I am, and yeah. she's just kicking everybody's butt out there. Wow! So you know, retirement, it, kids never, out of the
0: house, you need something to do. You yeah, just get never, get outside. It's never too late,
1: and I, I, you know, you just need consistent training. Don't take yourself too seriously. Do your strength workouts and your yoga and your meditation. Sound good? Mind. Tips. Don't get injured. And, and I mean, I don't want to like blow my own horn, but other than, well, yeah, okay. I broke my collarbone in a gravel race two years ago and okay, I but, broke my thumb. But it's far Patty, as overuse injuries, um, do you
0: really, do you like, so pretty good. Do you respect recovery and do you, do you oh, take absolutely. it seriously? Because a lot of people don't. Yeah. A have, lot of people don't. No. It's like, I have to be doing something every day to not, the max and that's it. Your, uh, your training program is not. They're they're not engraved
1: in stone. They're not the Ten Commandments. So if you're supposed to go out and do, I don't know, zone five intervals, five of them or whatever, and you're not feeling well or you're sick or just do something easy and, you know, do that hard work the next day. But it's so important to listen to your body because it's usually trying to tell you something. (laughs) When I came back from Midland this year, I was on the verge of getting sick. And I thought, you know what? You're going to Belgium next week. You cannot get sick right now, so I basically took the whole week and just did easy, easy workouts. I don't usually like taking day, you know, whole. I don't like taking days off. I take one day off a week. But that's usually. not taking
0: it off. But You're still being physically active.
1: But I took that whole week and just did easy stuff. So I would do an easy hour spin outside, or I'd do an easy hour on the on the comp trainer, just to start feeling better again. And you do, but um i it's just so important to listen to yourself and to understand because there's just absolutely no point if you if you're injured to go and try to train hard or you, you know sometimes you need sometimes you need to take three days off you yeah. know it, it just depends but um it's just important to be able to read yourself and, mm-hmm. and know what you're, know, know what your limits are because you can't compare yourself to other people like some people can take an amazing amount of training stress and snap right back but other people need longer time to recover and that's yeah. what I found too when you're when you're older you know, you need a little bit <laughs> I more find it recover. when
0: I'm like late 40s and I'm just like I like recovery maybe too much but uh, <laughs> but I think it's important because I see so many people not getting the results that they're looking for, and the reason is they're basically burning themselves. And they're overtrained. They're overtrained, yeah. and you know they're, you know, because when I do my winter stuff inside, their heart rates are skyrocketing, yeah. or either they're um, they're too low and they can't get them up, and it's just yeah. like that's a real yeah. big indicator. That so. was
1: probably the most important thing I learned from Lee's in those early biathlon days when mm-hmm. I was just this, you know, I was this. Curry chicken, and had never seen a hill in my life, and uh, (laughs) you know, I just Lee's had you know she trained national team cross country skiing, she'd done racing and kayaking, and she knew a lot. Mm -hmm. And you know, she just said, when it's time to go easy, you go easy, and when it's time to go hard, you know, you go hard. But if you if you train too hard all the time, you when if you train sort of too much moderate. Moderate to heart all the time. That when it's time to go hard, you, your you heart rate can't go up there. Yeah. So I I learned a, I learned as much as I could about training through the years because you know I realized how important that See, was. See, you're a good coach. So
0: you, you try <laughs> coach. Don't you know, tell me again. And,
1: <laughs> and you know, there's so much information out there. So when no. you hear about people that are sick and injured, and you know, I, I think mm-hmm. getting sick and being injured is sort of
0: it's a clue yeah. that. Yeah.
1: It's something you either have to cut back on stuff, Mm -hmm. you're going too hard, too many hard workouts. But again, we've all done it. I mean, when I started, I thought you had to go as hard as you can, as fast as you can for as long as you, just as much time as you can spend. Well, I found out very quickly that that was just not the case. <laughs> you just right? can't that do that with other splits. life,
0: right? Like, Yeah, I'm
1: having a balance. Like, I mm-hmm. love to go out with my friends and go to the movies and go to restaurants. Of course, that's not going to be happening anytime soon. But just have we'll a have balance. Well, to sit like this and,
0: on the couches. And,
1: you know, not to take... And, you know, we all know the blabbermouths that blab away about how great they are. It's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to Belgium and race and you're going to find out how good you are. Or go you to know? World
0: Masters. It's just, Lake, uh, you know, like your national uh, event.
1: You know, like everybody just tries to improve themselves to do what they can do. But, you know, there's always people that are going to be better, uh, better, and you know. And
0: Hey, uh, okay, I went to nationals in Edmonton oh, wow. in 2008. Oh, <laughs> wow. It was cyclocross. Yeah. And I came third. Yeah,
1: I remember that. Yeah. So and I was like, that was like, that really was like whoa. whoa. Yes. <laughs> but I was,
0: and I was like, wow. Anyway. Wow. But, uh, I guess the moral of all yeah. this is
1: age is just a number. It is just you know? a number. If that 67-year-old kick-butt lady from Vernon, B.C. can get out <laughs> there and come third out of, like, a hundred and some odd women in the 50K Classic, I, I was, she just bowled me over. That gave yeah. me inspiration, yeah. you know. And, uh so
0: um it's just never Some, too late yeah it's so i'm hoping i'm hoping that this particular interview really hits home with a lot of ladies that you're never too old to start like when i have i have my women's cycling club and we get so many beginners and i hear the same story it's been 20 years the kids they're retired now and or they're making time for themselves and you're never too old to start as a beginner because the more you get out the more you do the more you progress And I love this, Patty. Thank you so much. I so appreciate you coming (laughs) in here last minute like this. But I, because I'm encouraging her to help coach at our club uh, this summer. And I'm certainly hoping she takes it, you know, takes a serious thought into it. I know it it might be a bit of commitment, but I think our club really use your enthusiasm and your experience. So, with
1: it all boils down to just, Loving riding your bike. Yeah, you have that is number one. I I love my Passion since I had my first bike. I love riding my bike. I love getting out there. Whether you're going easy, whether you're going hard, it's just so wonderful. Especially with all the different types
0: of bikes these days. I know. I'm actually going to get into gravel this year. But we have to wrap this up. And so. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. I'm gonna be putting out more amazing videos or interviews with women um, and other coaches. And um, there's just a whole, I have a, a lot of stuff waiting for you guys. So make sure you get each one of them. Don't forget the notifications and take care and have an amazing day. Special thanks to my guest, Patricia Conant from Ottawa or Gatineau, Quebec. And especially to our listeners, thank you so much for your downloads and your shares and your comments. And please don't forget to put a a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be so appreciated. And don't forget to visit my website for the latest cycling courses, webinars, and downloads. And that's at CyclingSkillsPro.com currently we are i'm offering a -a one-of-a-kind 12 and eight week cycling skills course Um, it's all online and it's coached by myself and my team and we really focus and dive into the skills technique and form that you need to really take your cycling to the next level maybe it's something you're missing is it pedal stroke efficiency is it hill climbing skills is it strength power and speed whatever it is you're going to get it in this 90-minute session or a weekly session so i highly encourage you that you go and check it out cyclingskillspro.com and here's a promo code to get an extra 50 dollars off the course and use the promo code pedal for that remember you're only one pedal stroke away from Cycling Like a Pro. Take care. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about citing people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback.